All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fair Chase Podcast. We're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're ready to start learning. Before we dive into this episode, you know, we got to talk about a few companies that help make this possible and some of the companies that we back personally because we believe in them. Now, first up is HuntWise. There's a lot of mapping software and apps out there, and the best one that we think is is definitely HuntWise. I mean, they've got so many cool features that some of the other ones don't have, especially this HuntCast that we use every single time before we go out in the woods. Our, I mean, our time is precious. we got to know when's the best time to go out. And instead of searching around on all the, the weather sites and checking out all the details, you can go right to the HuntWise app, put it in your location, and you're getting local wind, local predictions based on where your stands actually are, and it helps you actually choose the best stand so you're not wasting any time and you can get right in there and hunt that buck you're after. Go visit HuntWise.com. So James and I have shot different bows from different manufacturers, and we all, every time we shoot them, we always go back to primes the reason is they're just so shootable and we're just so accurate with them they're super stable and they just came out with the new revix 2 4 and 6 is their brand new bow for 2023 hunting season g5prime.com so next up we got vector arrows this is a company that has just blown me away with their ability to help the customer out. Basically, you don't have to go through and, and find your shaft weight and spine strength charts anymore. You don't gotta deal with any of that. Basically, you go to the website, you put in your draw weight, your draw length, your tip weight, and they basically build the perfect arrow for you. No guessing, no questions. And then you can customize them. They got a bunch of different options. You can shoot the HMR or the ZMR. These things are sweet and they seriously are some of the best arrows in the industry. And they've got a zero failure guarantee. So if you break it or bend it, they're gonna replace it. So if you wanna save yourself 10% on that, head over to Vector Custom Shop and use the code TFC10. There's been a lot of hype around tree saddles. Some of you might be hesitant to even try one. These things are awesome. If you ever wanted to try one, Trophy Line Tree Saddles make the best saddles in the industry. They're super comfortable, they're adjustable, and the new Venatic saddle, we were able to get our hands on it a couple months ago and it just seriously blew us away. So if you want to get into the saddle game, go over to trophyline.com. You can save yourself 10%, use the code TFC10, get into the saddle game, it's gonna change the way you hunt. James and I like to go tromp around on public land and one way we're able to do that is to have good footwear. Uh, we used to lug around in, in rubber boots, and by the end of the day, we'd have sore feet, and it'd be, it'd be a mess. But we finally decided to get some good boots and partnered with Lathrop & Sons. These boots are so nice. They fit your foot perfectly. They've got Synergy foot pads that are made to you know, form around your foot. These guys take the time. There's years and years of research and design and how to create the most comfortable boot. Go check out Lathrop & Sons. Last but not least, Vortex Optics. These guys have some of the best glass in the industry. Binoculars, rangefinders, spotter scopes. We love them. We've got it on our rifles. We use our rangefinder all the time. They also make clothing lines every quarter. James and I are practically wearing a piece of Vortex apparel every day. Everything is high quality. They come out with new items usually every quarter. So spring, summer, winter, fall, they've got new lines and new clothing coming out. Check this stuff out. And if you want to save yourself 20%, head over to Vortex.com, head to the apparel page, and save 20% with TFC20. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Uh, I'm James. Uh, per usual, I, I've never actually taken the time to say that I'm James, uh, but today I am because I have James with me here. Uh, <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, James. I'm James Lathrop. I'm one of the uh, owners for uh, Lathrop and Sons Custom Hunting Boots. Uh, I live here in Robinson, Illinois with my family. Um, born and raised. Uh, if you guys didn't know, Robinson, Illinois is where they make the Heath Candy Bar. <laughs> I did not know um, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We spoke a little bit about that. Um, what we do as a company, or, um, we build uh, hunting boots. And specifically, we custom fit boots to people that really want to go out on an adventure. Most of our, a lot of our clients are people that are doing Western hunting, elk hunting, mule deer hunting, uh, going into Alaska, BC, sheep hunting. Um, what we do in our company is we will evaluate in our custom packages, we will evaluate their feet, uh, utilizing our 3D mapping kit service. Um, to and, and analyze what basic platform of a boot would be best suited for the individual. Uh, we do go ahead and develop a custom Synergy orthotic um, that is fit for that foot and into that boot so that when they go out on a hunt, we're minimizing, um, you know, any potential problems that they might have. That's, yeah. the, that's the goal. We actually have a podiatry background. Our father actually just retired about two weeks ago. He's Oh, 80. two weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a big deal. Um, and you know, he spent his whole life doing that. My brother and I, we both spent 30 plus years working in the practice, um, you know, starting out when we were 14 years of age and uh, went to all the meetings. Um, we actually became licensed pedorthists, which are individuals that make orthotics and fit orthopedic shoes. And within these practices that we had, I don't know, I told you earlier, we had three practices um, or three shops. And mm -hmm. in, within those shops, we had our orthopedic shoe businesses. But our main, main deal was really working with with their uh, podiatric problems. And that's right. how later actually started. Um, and, you know, I've had people over the years, you know, when they get on our website, lathrobinsons.com, they see our line of boots that we have developed. Um, but in our custom packages, we actually use a multitude of boots to develop these fittings for people. Cause there isn't a boot on the market that works with every foot. Type. Yeah. And it's important to notate. It's important to note that uh, you've got to use the right tools for those fittings. So that's what we do. We, we specialize in fitting hunting boots so people can go out and have fun. That's the goal. You know, and it, it does make a huge difference. Um, I start, I've got a, a pair and I've been, wearing them for two months i think i think i've hunted almost uh, probably five six days a week in them um and it's mm -hmm. a, you know it, it being you know kind of whitetail season in michigan that's pretty much what i've done uh 
But what I've noticed, because, uh, you know, I've worn stiff uh, boots. I've actually a lot of times or in the early season in the past have even done like trail runner shoes, um, depending on what I'm doing. I, I've done the the knee boots. But what I really like about these and uh, usually a stiffer sole when I'm uh, on the platform for a saddle, it's comfortable on your feet because you're kind of leaning back on the saddle. If you've ever seen anybody uh, in a hunting saddle and your feet are kind of on the corner edge of, of your platform. And a lot of times like the trophy line uh, platforms we use are angled, but still after a while, it's just your feet. If you have a soft boot, your feet kind of arc around it, but with a stiffer, stiffer sole uh, it's, it's just really nice. So I've put a lot of actually, in just probably half mile chunks to one mile chunks in over the last couple of months, put quite a few miles uh, on the boots and they've been great so far. So it's, it's cool to see how quickly they can be broken in um, when they're custom made. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I always tell people that if there is something that's not quite right, if there's an issue, whether it's, you know, something that we've done that needs to be tweaked or they've tried all these different boots out there for one reason or another, still having an issue. Yeah. The reason they're having an issue is because something's out of balance. We're dealing with the anatomy of the lower extremity. Right. And everything has to be in balance so that it's working in unison. And that's where like our boots, you know, in our design, we specifically developed this midsole so that it has a certain level of heel height. We developed this midsole to have a certain level of toe spring. And these features right there is pretty much what keeps that foot and boot working together. And if it wasn't that way, if it didn't work that way, why then you would you'd run into a scenario where uh you're gonna get a, a lot of heel lift yeah think of it this way years ago james i had a guy come into the office and i've told this story a million times this guy come in the office and i was doing his history for him and i looked down at his shoes and i looked up at the guy and i was like really seriously and he he knew what i was looking at he was, I was looking at a set of wooden clogged shoes. Now, who walks into an office like that having problems? I mean, to me, I'm like, what, what are we doing here, right? Yeah. Is he Dutch? And, <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. But it, what was funny was I just asked him, I was like, are they really that comfortable? And he said, they truly are. Well, they were made, even though it was made out of a block of wood, it had that curve of the toe spring. It had that curve of the heel height. It's basic, you know, orthopedic principles for a shoe. It, it makes that boot being able, it makes the boot be able to flow with a person's gait as they're walking. And that flowing is what keeps that heel and that foot gear functioning together up and down the way it's supposed to be. And that creates a bit of a custom fit. Orthotics itself inside that, that enhances it, intrinsically adjusts the foot so that it can perform or help eliminate other types of problems. So yeah, there is a lot to, you know, a design of a boot. Mm -hmm. And it, there is a lot to 
selecting the right design for each and every person. And that's what we try to do. Yeah. Well, now I got to transition to that because when we do these episodes, we have set questions, right? So we've got yeah. you know, your background. Uh, the next two questions are, are kind of lead us into the main reason why we're here to tell, to tell a hunting story. So the first is, you know, you were telling me before uh, we started uh, with your about recurve hunting, you know, you mentioned caribou, lots of bucks and stuff. But if you had to look back and um, pick like your favorite hunt or your favorite one, like if you had to pick one hunt that you could only do one in a year, you get one hunt entire year, what would that be? Like what I told you earlier today? I don't know. That's what, what you're asking. No, just if you could pick one hunt to go on in one year, uh, in, in a year, one hunt, what would it be? Elk hunt. Elk hunt. In the yeah. rut, late season, what yeah, are you thinking? Absolutely. In the rut. I mean, there's something regal about those animals. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, to to be in the chase, to hear them bugle, just to watch them. Yeah. It's it's pretty magnificent as far as I'm concerned to be able to, you know, and I'm not a very good caller at all. Right. But, you know, if you do it and you, you see it happen or, or really even just see like an expert caller, call them in. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And they're just such a beautiful animal. Um, of course they taste really good too. So. <laughs> yeah they are pretty delicious no that's you know what that's fair uh, it's not it's not totally original i'll say that a few of our, our guests have said it before uh so they beat you to the punch but i was kind of expecting a lot of people to be fans uh so next question then this one's more serious uh on a more serious note so uh, this is our second time our third time asking this more for third time anyways um, and Jared's not here to corroborate, corroborate my story, but basically uh, the question is this, if you could pick one hunting superpower, right? So, uh, you could choose one way to be invisible to an animal, whether it's invisible to their sight, they can't see you, whether they can't hear you. Uh, so you're invisible to their ears or you're invisible to their nose. They cannot smell you. And it's for any game you hunt, you could only pick one. What would that be? I, it would definitely be their their nose their nose i yeah I, we've talked don't you about, think uh i mean that's the one that obviously comes to your mind right because like i mean that's their primary sense of smell but what i i i what i've been thinking about as i've thought through this uh really spent a lot of time deliberating uh i like to not be heard I like a lot of times to still hunt. And sometimes I always feel like in the morning, if I could get out real quiet when it's real crunchy out and they would like, they couldn't hear me coming. Like how big, I can always play the wind. You know, I can always, you know, wear camo and, and, you know, get up high and do all that to hide from them. But like when it's real crunchy out and you're trying to walk around, there's just no way to not make noise. Well, that's true. That's true. So we, we, this has been a debate. we've had. What's that? I said, this has been a debate we've had because Jared's, I think, started out as smell, but I ha I got him around to my camp. So, but he's the only one that I've convinced to come to sound. Everybody else picks, picks smell. You know, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like that, you know, like hunting whitetail, yep. the way we do here. Um, you know, I was telling a friend of mine one time, a couple of years ago, he and I were, we played a lot of tennis together. 
And I don't know, he was asking me about whitetail hunting. And, you know, he said, why aren't you out there? Why aren't you out there? I'm like, no, it's not quite right now. Just kind of biding my time, waiting until it gets right. And he's like, well, I just figured you'd be out there. I'm like, well, Chris, it's kind of one of these things where, you know, if you spend too much time moving in and out, this is just my philosophy. You spend too much time moving in and out when it's not quite right. Very true. Yep. And it's and they're smelling no matter what you do, they're smelling that line of traffic, that yeah. path that you're putting down. And it, I told this to him. He does a lot of shift working. Yep. I said it would be like this. I don't smoke. Yep. But it would be like if I was a smoker, heavy smoker, and you're sleeping during the day yep. or at night or whatever. And I just come into your house, sneak in there and just set off in the corner for about five hours, twice a day yeah, or three, three or four hours, twice a day. Yep. You're going to get up and you're going to be like, Hmm, I can smell that. Something's yeah. Oh yeah. Quiet. Yes. You know, and that, I, and that's, I think that's why, you know, for my brother and I, and well, definitely early season for us we have kind of adopted the philosophy of we don't mess with doing anything in the uh, of a morning yep we kind of let them get back in there to where they want to be and play the wind get in there and do those evening hunts but you know and i know we're going to get into this here a little bit yeah it worked out like a charm for me the first time out this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you know what? That's a good point. I never thought of that. Like I don't wear cologne. I don't wear I don't we don't have any fragrances really in my house. Like my wife doesn't wear yeah. perfume, like deodorant, not like our soaps. It's pretty much no scent. And so I can always tell when someone's been in my house that that has or like sat in a car with the air freshener or anyway and it could be hours afterwards and so you know, you have a, that's a good point and i you, you kind of know it but i guess you've convinced like you made a compelling case probably the most compelling case that we've heard so far all right moving on we got to move on to the question now uh the uh the like the main reason why we're here uh so you know the the, the series of podcasts that we're uh doing right now is is based around this this idea of like the hunting story um looking back jared and I just had spent some time talking about how really one of our favorite things about hunting is the fact that you can go and tell stories uh, about it to other people. It's the sense of adventure. Uh, you love to listen to other people do it, right? And so we started this uh, series a couple of months ago, and we're actually extending it beyond what we initially planned just because there's been so many good stories, um, and it's just gone over so well uh, with the people that have listened. So with all that in mind, um, when, when you think of a great hunting story, a great hunting story that you've been a part of, um, what comes to mind? What, what story comes to mind? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I think it, it'd have to be like this year for me. Uh, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I, I feel pretty dang blessed this year. Um, so my story is and, and to kind of go into what you were alluding to, I can remember one night, one night having a conversation with my wife. And most of us, if, if 
you shoot a nice deer, you know, people want to get it mounted. And to, to that story, you know, some people, they think, oh, do you need to mount another one? Do you need to mount another one? Well, you know what? Yeah. The way I look at it is I can look at every mount that I have in my house and even really to my brother's home yep. because I've been part of a lot of those tracking jobs. <laughs> As the brother, it's but, your job. Yeah, it is. You help each other out. He's helped me out. I help him out. But when you look at those animals, you can tell, you know, when you took them, you knew what, what, what time of day it was, what the weather was like, you know, everything about that, it takes you back to that point in time of the story. And so you could be walking through your house and your buddies walk up and they said, where did you do that? There's a story, right? Yep. So this year for me, it kind of actually started back in um i think it was the 9th of july okay my, my wife and i rode over to my mom and dad's house to check the pool chemicals and unfortunately we had a little mishap when we left and my wife accidentally dislocated her foot from her leg in a bike accident and I remember she said to me, oh my, I broke my leg. I broke my leg. And I kind of walked up to her and grabbed the bike. It sounds horrible, but I thought she was just, you know, being dramatic. <laughs> yeah. No, I looked at the position of her foot. Okay. <laughs> and I realized we had a problem. <laughs> and anyhow, we ended up having to have surgery on it, put her back together. and. Here I am going into this season in the summertime, really wanting to be prepared. Yeah. Make sure I got all my stuff dialed in. I'd gone out and we'd planted food plots, you know, sprayed for weeds, all that stuff. I was really, this was going to be a, a year that I was going to invest some extra time in into it. Because the year before I'd really didn't get to, I did, I did a bunch of home improvement work. Okay. And so here I am now I'm playing nurse. Right. I mean, I'm taking care of that's mom. your job, right? It's yeah, six, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And got no problem doing it. It's six weeks of non-weight bearing and that six weeks actually goes further than that. Right. I mean, you're just taking care. So here I am, I'm really kind of behind the eight ball. Well, once we finally got moving around, I'm not just going to leave my wife. It, I didn't say this earlier to you, but my wife likes to boat hunt too. And she'll go out by herself. So we go and mess with the, the tree stands together. Right. So I took her with me. We went in there. I happened to have had a little bit of a problem with the cell camera. The PIR just kind of just kept kicking off every five minutes. And yeah. Anyhow, we were leaving this property and I ended up, I stopped to see if the camera was working. And when I let off the brake to go on up the lane, I saw, I saw a really good buck kick across the road. And my wife even said that was big. Okay. And I saw him go across the, he crossed the food plot down through this little meadow that we'd cut through there and lost him. And it was a great deer. Never seen it before. 
until now hadn't had any pictures of him. So this is the first part of October. And like we kind of talked earlier, kind of trying to wait until the wind direction was right. Yep. And do it just to where I just felt comfortable. It was time to do something. And <clears throat> even in my conversation with my brother that day, I hadn't been out at all. It was about the 27th of October. And I told Steve, I said, I'm going tonight. I'm going. And he said, he goes, boy, you're really ready to go. And I said, I'm going tonight. Come two o'clock, I'm out of here. He had a consult to do. I took off, went to the woods. And I'm not kidding you. I sat there for about an hour and a half. And I heard something coming down the ridge. And I turned to my right and looked. And this buck at first looked like it was a year and a half old. Yeah. Closer he got, he got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And he stood there in this hole in the creek and started drinking water out of it. And I'm sitting there looking at this buck going, God, he's kind of spindly. My God, he's got long beams on him. Oh, God, I, I just think I probably better shoot him. He looks pretty darn good. <laughs> and he picked his head up and turned, and I thought, I didn't realize what I had in front of me. This is the first hunt too, by the way. <laughs> of the whole year, and it's and you and it's been a while. The like the season's year. been going. Yep, it's been going. Yeah, since October first. He turns towards me. I drew back, and I started settling the pin like we all do. Yep, down onto his body. And about that time, he turns to the south and he starts walking away. And I just pull it right up onto his side and thumped him. I watched that arrow just burying his side. He just took off and ran. Now, he ended up being, I mean, he's, he's just a great buck as far as I'm concerned. Not the biggest. Yeah. Um, he actually, he scored 137 and some change as an eight point. He's a yep. big, long main beams. I think he had like 24 inches on one side and 23 on the other side, somewhere right around in there. It, to me, he's just a, a, a really good buck. And this thing, I can tell you right now, and we've, handled a lot of animals he was heavy yeah he weighed about i'm gonna say he was easily over 240 gutted really? and it, it took us four or five attempts just to load him in the back of the truck <laughs> so first 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 hunt of the year i mean i just made my season already yeah and so we fast forward going a little bit further another hunt three, four, five on the sixth hunt, I'm hunting by myself on the same piece of property. And actually, acres? how many acres is that property? This is only 40 acres. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. There's only 40 acres here, but it's in the heart of a big block woods, right? Yep. And <clears throat> Stephen had actually did the work and and putting a stand in originally mm -hmm. and so i thought you know i'm going in there he'd been on some other deer already he had been and seeing some had some close calls just mm -hmm. just hadn't had it happen yet so i go up in this this stand and it's really kind of cool because you as you're walking in there you're using this creek 
as your path to get up into the stand. And at the end yep. of the the creek, basically, you climb out of the creek and the tree's right there. Yeah, that's sweet. And so, oh, it is. I mean, it's deadly. It, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. deadly. So anyhow, we go in there, or I go in there, and Stephen and another good friend of ours and myself, we're just kind of chit-chatting back and forth on our phones, like, probably should be paying more attention to what we're doing but and i'd seen some deer kind of busting those out and all that stuff but i'm no what though i'll say this about chit chat like at least you can text and do it now because when i was younger we used to do the walkie talkies like you know you you, do you ever do those the walkie like see anything yet we didn't do that we didn't do that it was always kind of texting is what it was for us but it, it 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 makes for a pleasant time sitting there right because you're getting a deer report from your buddies right yeah yep. you're getting your deer report and these guys are sitting there talking about their coffee cups <laughs> and i just found it kind of funny this conversation and then all of a sudden i'm sitting there reading this and i heard that sound and everybody's heard it it's not a squirrel coming up behind you. It's yeah. that. You know. And I just happened to turn to my south. And it was just, oh, God, I got to get rid of this phone. Yeah. Put the phone in the bag. And this buck is walking up. I grabbed my bow, hooked into my D-loop, and I had to wait for him to come up beside me to where there's a big limb in the way he was yeah. headed right no- north up into this bedding so, i mean he yep. was he was intent looking that direction but i had to wait until he got past me and as he's passing me i stand up and that dang seat didn't go up with me so i had to <laughs> disconnect and i start freaking out right now james i'm freaking of course. out because yep. i gotta flip this seat up so i can turn around so i can draw back and get a stable platform and hopefully make the shot as he's moving well fortunately there's about three or four scrapes up there he come to the first one and stop and start messing with the scrape yeah and i threw it i pulled down on him brought it into him brought it into him like no not yet not yet not yet right there okay thump and they took off you heard the pop he runs up there a little ways. I actually got him on my cell camera wall running away, which is kind of cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it really is. And he runs up a little bit, about 40 yards and pauses. And he's standing there. And in my own mind, I'm going, we've probably all done this before. We're kind of, did we really see what we just think we saw? Right. You know, why is this deer standing there? I think yeah. I double lunged why isn't he getting the hell out of here, right? Right. He pauses and he turns to the west or to the east. No, I'm sorry, to the west. And then he, you could tell he started getting sick. And I thought, <laughs> oh, he's going, he's going down. And he, so he laid down, you know, a minute or two go by. I kind of, I gave the thumbs up. Yeah, picture to the guys. And they're like, <laughs> what? Did you shoot one? And I Hell yeah, and I sent I I screenshot or I downloaded that picture of that buck running away. Nice. 
and, and sent it over there to him. He, <laughs> he was a dandy deer. He was a dandy deer. He he ended up um, he ended up scoring. I rough scored him. I wasn't real careful. I probably cheated myself a little bit, but I got 149 and seven eights. I don't nice care buck. really. Which, he's a he's a great deer for me. Um, and I, like I said to you earlier, to me, what makes it special is how I wasn't set to have this kind of season. Right. And my brother, he caught where I'm, I'm walking back to the, my truck. Yeah. And he calls me up and he says, how many times have you sat? How many times? I said, Stephen, that was the sixth hunt. He goes, exactly. <laughs> You're packed out, dude. I'm like, wow. No, I know. It's kind of the Cinderella story. I mean, this stuff doesn't happen to me. No, you know. Fortunate. Well, and that's a great batting average. Like, that's a pretty good batting. Yeah, is it a good bat? It's a pretty good batting average. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, it is. I, I have to ask. So you, you're saying you're, you know, you're, you're mentioning, and I don't know why this came to mind, but you're, you're talking about bringing your pin over, pin over before you decide to shoot. When you're mm -hmm. shooting, when you shot this buck, and maybe when you typically are going to shoot an animal, like, do you shoot the moment that pin is on the vitals, or do you let it sit there a minute and then shoot? It's probably going to sit there for a second. Okay. I, I don't know. To me, I, I, I've shot a bow since I was 14 years old. Yep. Um, I am not the greatest shot in the world, but I'm comfortable in my ability. Yeah. And there have been times where, you know, when you're shooting a live animal versus a target, it's completely mm -hmm. different. And right. what goes through my mind is, you gotta make it count. And so, like on that last buck, no kidding, I can see it right now. I can see the pin coming in there and it the pin was on it, but it's like, no, get it over there, get it over there. Cause you know, I mean, I don't know. You're always fighting I'm, against yourself because you wanna send that arrow. Your body you wants do, to send don't it. You? Don't yeah. you? Yeah, I mean that's to me that's that you're you're almost fighting, you know, trying to make that happen, and you know that's tar well that's when you get target panic. That's I mean that's when when you when and I I I had this. It's not so bad right now. Um, and I actually think shooting with a thumb thumb button was actually the worst. I had the hardest time with a thumb. Um, but I wouldn't. I'd the, for a little while the moment I'd got that on him, it was like boom boom, you know. Um, so much so that I just was like, I, I need a break. I, that's when I started shooting, uh, a recurve. Uh, I wanted to just, I needed a, a break from it, came back and it, it seems to be getting better. I've been doing some things to work on it, but I asked that because the way that you describe it, I'm like, I wonder, you know, I wonder what your approach to that is. Well, I can tell you, you talk about target panic. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure all of us have had it. I know I have. And I didn't used to be that way and I had my my neighbor down here in the last year or so he's really helped me mm -hmm. get over that uh, but you know maybe there again that's another thing I mean we've talked about just amongst ourselves 
and I've brought this up several times to guys, you know, I feel, I feel really great about both of those shots. Yeah. And I personally have said, you know, I made it happen. Yeah. And I made good shots on both of those deer. They weren't far, they weren't far shots at all, but I brought that in there, that pin right where it needed to be. And you know what? You gotta, you gotta say, I mean, you, we all know of somebody that's accidentally made a subpar shot mm-hmm. in a particular area. You know, sometimes it's hard to get that pin right where it needs to be. And you know, I was pretty proud of that fact. I, uh, I'll admit right now <laughs> that two weeks ago I did that on a the biggest buck I'd ever seen. Well, I did, it wasn't that I had a trouble aiming uh, at all. Uh, it's, it's just, it, I, I actually ended up hitting a buck low. Um, I was sitting in a new spot, sitting mm-hmm. on the ground. Um, a spot, actually, it's like parkland or green space here in Lowell. I just sneak in at night. No one ever, no, I'm just kidding. I got drawn to hunt it. And so I, me and a few other guys are able to hunt it all year. And like the last couple of weeks, no one's touched it. Um, but I go out and I'm kind of at this knob hill where it's you you know i figured they'd follow the hill out well i didn't kind of anticipate a buck coming so close to me so he pops around kind of the corner and with you know all of a sudden he's five yards in front of me and i'm i'm on the ground in a like a downfall and kind of just brushed up in right holy cow don't move you know he's not seeing me he moves till he can finally see my silhouette um again because i thought he'd be at least 20 yards further down um so I'm like, okay. So he kind of sees me silhouetted. He had, the weird thing was he had been shot already. His other side had been shot. So his leg, he could not put any, any weight on it, but he really? was definitely cruising. Like his nose was down cruising on three legs, like crazy. I'll send you a picture of the buck, but would have definitely been the biggest buck I've, I've ever shot. Um, and so he kind of, he kind of gets kind of spooked, but he doesn't run at all. He just kind of walks faster down and, so I, I'm like, Oh, this is my one shot. So I stand up and I, I had thought he covered maybe 20, 30 yards. I I know that my 30 yard pin, um, I can go, there's not much of a difference sub 30, uh, where I hit, you know, in, in terms right. of like lethality and I can get a, like to 32 and be really with a holding it there. So I'm like, Oh, I'll hold it a little high. He's got to be 35 yards. I don't have time to range, find it he ended up being like 40 over 40 yards like pushing 45 yards i hit him low i thought i missed uh went and you know grabbed my arrow i'm just like kind of shook because it was just like in it was a 10 second thing that came out of nowhere right um see a bunch of hair i'm like oh you know clearly hit the brisket you know um i look and there's blood every, I mean, he's bleeding like you, like you shot him right in the, like the, like the lungs, right? Blood spraying out, tracked him for, uh, probably three quarters of a mile, a mile, um, after waiting, like at least an hour and a half or that was after even waiting to go find the arrow. So probably two hours had gone by. Um, and I figured I just kind of lightly look after it. I don't want to bump him and I'll, I'll back out. So I did ended up kind of getting nervous about it. So I called a friend, uh, who has a dog, like a, a certified dog blood tracker. Uh, we get him out. We followed that, that deer for a long time, way into the night. I came back later. 
uh, and he lived, I think. Um, so I, I didn't know, I haven't seen him since, uh, but today, funny enough, I was out hunting. I had posted about, um, you know, on our story of something I was doing, saw a nice buck this morning. Uh, and somebody reached out and actually had a trail cam picture of the, the buck that I shot. So he sent it to me. So I finally got to see it today. And like, in your mind, you keep seeing, like when it happens that fast, you don't, I don't at least remember what exactly what the rack looked like. I just remember I just a huge buck focus on his, you know, vitals where I'm going to shoot and just don't think about anything else. So I finally, I did remember he had these two end points that were kind of nubs, like extra points between his G whatever's. Um, so I, I talked to this guy, he sends me some trail cam pictures of bucks he's got in the area. And all of a sudden I'm like, that's the one he had gotten drawn to hunt the same spot. So at least now I know what he looks like, but he's out there. Uh, he's out there still. So I'm that guy. I'm the one that makes a bad shot. Yep. Look, get it. If you do it long enough, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. It's part of, it's part of life. It's part of doing it. I fortunate, fortunately this year, I made two great shots and I'm tickled to death and, you know, like I said, it's just been a, uh, a a season that shouldn't have happened, but it did. And I'll take it. I don't, I don't care. No, no, of <laughs> course. Yeah, that was a great season. Yeah, no, th- those are, I mean, ta- to tag out like that, you did in like six hunts, did you say? Was that how many? Well, and, and, the, and then and here you go. Shortly after that, let's see. So the, I didn't say this to you. I forgot. That second buck I killed, my wife and I took it to the taxidermist that night, or that afternoon. Came home, we're sitting on the couch, and my brother Stephen calls me up, and he killed his first one. That was a good buck, too. Uh, you know, uh, I actually so saw that. We both killed two really good bucks on the same day, which we'd never done that either. Amazing. Yeah. that is hey uh james one sec what we'll, we'll edit this out but can you tilt your phone a little bit for some reason you're all of a sudden super muffled no oh, that's weird it just sounds like you're real far away did any, nothing changed i don't think it didn't look like anything got bumped or there we go that's good whatever whatever just happened okay yeah no you're good no it just happened just started yeah i don't know um uh, well i mean fantastic year 2022 uh definitely one to remember and now we're we're on to 20 what like next year you gotta top that i'm you know i don't know how you do but i'm gonna be waiting for the pictures uh sent over after your you know what you got to do it in less hunts so maybe four can you do it in four no i don't know about that (laughs) Well, hey, uh, it just, it's a great time. It's always fun to be out there. Oh, you, yeah. There's never, never wasted time uh, sitting out. Yeah, and, and sometimes you people need it in six. I've been hunting. I think I'm in the 70s for deer days in the woods, and I've got two. I only got two down, and only one of them was a buck. So I think you have me beat by like tenfold, uh, more than tenfold. Uh, next well, year's my year. I can tell you this. I've done the 30 and 
40 day grind myself. Yeah. Morning and evening. And I mean, just you talk about, uh, I've done the grind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. We're, we're coming up on time here, but for, um, yeah, for, for people who want to know more about, uh, what you do like professionally, your, your boots, like I said, I, I, I actually highly, highly recommend them. Can't high, uh, recommend them highly enough. Um, if you're, if you're looking to do adventure hunting or even whitetail hunting, they're amazing, uh, even hiking. Uh, but where can f- people find more uh, out more about you and, and the things you guys do? Well, we have a website. It's latherpinsons.com. Uh, you can follow us on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, on our website, we've got our phone number at 618-544-8782. Uh, we really encourage people, you know, if you're, even if you're trying to figure out something, you just need to ask a question, uh, pertaining to a boot or, you know, what you might think is a fit issue. Um, I mean, my brother and I, we answer the phone. Yeah. Um, so, and we really do like to help people. So there isn't a dumb question out there. So, I mean, you just, you know, you can contact us through the social media network, uh, send us an email uh, through our website, or just pick up the phone and give us a call. And uh, we'll sit down and spend some time with you and try to help you figure out what direction might be the best thing for you. Yeah, um, That's just that's the best way of doing it. Excellent. Yeah. He's they're worth checking out. Um, like I said, uh, and, uh, Hey James, thanks for, for coming on and, and, uh, telling us an epic, uh, hunting season story. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it. Five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.